Welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for August 28th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm Pete Werner, here with the Diz Orlando team. And this week we're going to be playing some of the voicemails that we have received recently. A few weeks ago I asked our listeners to leave some voicemails for us as we'd like to start including them in the show. And I'm happy to say that we had an awesome response. In fact, we had far more voicemails than we could include on uh, on this show, but we will be using more of these in upcoming episodes. So if you don't hear your voicemail today, it doesn't mean that we won't use it in the next few weeks. Uh, of course, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by calling our toll-free feedback line at one 310 Or as always, you can send us your emails to podcast at wdwinfo.com. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you'll receive receive a Diz Unplugged t-shirt, and you'll be entered into our monthly drawing for one of 30 great prizes that we have on hand. So uh, with that out of the way, let's get started with our first voicemail this week. will be from uh, David asking about activities on Castaway Key for his young daughters. Hello, the name is David. I was going to ask you a couple of questions. I was curious about uh, the Disney Cruise in particular about the castaway keys and activities there are for a five and an almost three-year-old at the time. Reading your website and getting a bunch of information, looks like the options are the Pirate of the Caribbean boat, uh, the Glass Bottom boat, and the Stingray Adventure. I was curious if anyone on your team has done the Stingray Adventure, kind of how deep is the water specifically I'm interested in for the five-year-old. She loves the water. She's fascinated with all the scuba diving trips my wife and I have done. So I was kind of curious if you think she would enjoy it. Is she going to be having to tread water the whole time? And what other options there are? Very much enjoy yourself. Thanks a lot. So David's asking uh, specifically about the uh, like the Stingray experience. Um, who, who's you, you know the st- the stingray experience is actually from the shore. You're not you're not in uh, deep water or anything. You're you're standing on the shore and you go in the water, but only it's, basically yeah, uh, shallow knee, knee, deep. knee deep. As far as you want to go, yeah. And the stingrays actually come up to you. Right never, there. we've never done it. We've only witnessed. Yeah, <laughs> we've only seen it. Yeah, and the people, you know, the stingrays just come up almost to the right to the edge of the water, and they have like an area that they have them fenced in. So they don't escape. <laughs> yeah. Like they want to be near people. Come yeah, see our exactly. captive stingrays. Castaway captives. Yeah. I, will, I will say this, though. If if your child is in the in the kids' program, it's very unlikely that he's going to want to hang out with you on Castaway Key. Exactly. They, they get in these kid programs, and they just love it. And they have such a good time, and the counselors are so great with them. They'll take them over to the, to the dig site. And they'll dig up the whale bones and all that stuff. And there's games and activities for kids. So they also can dig up Amelia Earhart, <laughs> right? There's also Isn't that where she is? <laughs> hope not. Is that, where, is that where she landed? I think so. I think that's her plane out on the. Uh, oh my gosh! On the, on the way to Serenity Bay. On the way to Serenity <laughs> Bay. I'm pretty no one, sure that's her plane. No one's figured it out yet. Yeah. Anytime we've ever it's been a at Disney Castaway, secret. Anytime we've ever been at Castaway Key. The kids are, as John says, always involved in the kids' program. I don't think you're going to have any trouble with finding something for them to do. They're probably going to tell you, bye, Dad. Yeah. yeah. Play. Right. Yeah. I think you're fretting over stuff that's not going to be, a, be an issue. He's going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Plenty of stuff. Yeah, both do. of them will. Yeah. Both of them will, absolutely. You can also check out our Castaway Key photo gallery. In there, I, I think, I'm pretty sure we have some photos of the, of the stingrays. So you can kind of get an idea of, of what to expect. And we'll put a link to that in our, uh, our show notes page. 
That's a, just so everyone knows, show notes or podcast uh, wdwinfo.com. We include links and information on everything we discuss in all of our shows. So thank you very much for your question, David. We really appreciate it. Our first voicemail. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on, and we have a voicemail now from Jeff, who is out in Orange County, California, and uh, enjoys uh, rubbing in that he hears the fireworks from Disneyland. I can hear house. the fireworks from Disney World. And uh, he, has, he has some, some questions about uh, what our thoughts on uh, Napa Rose. So uh, let's go ahead to that. Okay. Hello, Diz Unplugged. This is Jeff in Orange County, and that's California. And yes, I can hear the Disneyland fireworks from my house. I'd like for you to give some love to the Napa Rose. I've listened to almost three-quarters of all the podcasts that you have on iTunes and uh, really enjoyed it. feel like I'm getting to know all of the folks around the table. And uh, the Napa Rose is absolutely our favorite restaurant and, of course, our favorite Disney restaurant as well. Uh, Andy, the uh, uh, chef, has uh, treated us very well for anniversaries. Uh, we've sat at the captain's table numerous times, and it's an entire show when you go for the evening and you get the complete pack- package with the uh, sommelier and all the wines matched to every course, I'd especially like Kevin's opinion of that. If you could send him out for a dinner, we would uh, uh, all, I'm sure, like to hear that. Ha, ha, ha. And a second question. Uh, my wife and I have seen all five Disney castles. It's kind of been a uh, mecca-going experience, my pardon to uh, all of the Muslim faith for the comparison. But uh, it's just a goal that I set as a, as a kid that I wanted to see all the Disney castles. And as they keep building them, I, my list grew. So uh, I've seen, of course, both in America, the one in Paris, and one in Hong Kong and Tokyo as well last year. After a three-week trip to China, we had a Disney finish to that and... Um, uh, went to Hong Kong for a couple of days and Tokyo for a couple of days, along with the fabulous Disney Sea. So, which foreign Disney theme park would each of the round table like most like to visit? Well, I I can tell you flat out, Jeff uh, Napa Rose is is absolutely my favorite restaurant. Period, Disney or otherwise. Um, every time I'm in California, uh, it is a requirement. That I go to the Napa Rose. It's just it. It is an amazing, an amazing restaurant. Yeah. It's my opinion. My right. opinion. It's 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 I've had great experiences there. I've I had a great meal there. We sat right there where you can watch them make all the food and everything, and then they, they do the wine for each. Right, the serving. wine pairing with the each uh, with each course. Let me tell you, by the time I finished my dessert. It was all over. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, oh my god! Am I the only one at the table who's never eaten here? Thank I think God. So. I've eaten there once, and we ate well, there. That, as yeah, a- at least that was once. <laughs> You're right. Never. Let me repeat that. Never. Great. We'll fly to California next week, Julie. It's on. You're all invited, Julie's pity party. <laughs> I've only eaten there once, and. Uh, we ate with a very large group, and it was chaotic. Um, yeah, it was. And, that was a very chaotic dinner. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. Re- I do remember that we ordered something that had no noun. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered the soup. No noun? It, it we was, had the menu, and we were going through the menu, and everyone was ordering stuff, and there was something on the menu that literally had no It was like vowel. fried, spicy, crispy, tasty, juicy, blue. 
And I was like, <laughs> I literally said to the waitress, I want, I want to order this, but can you tell me where the noun is? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Because it was all adjectives. It was all description. And it was something that we had never heard of. It was like shake <laughs> or something like that. And it just read like it was just a description. So that's my only, uh, only time there. I do remember that we had something called mushroom cappuccino. I was going to mention that. That was the, possibly the best soup I've ever had in my life. I yeah. had, I had was like great. three bowls, and then I had it for dessert. I know. I paid that night. Yes, oh. that was part of the chaos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, there the w- service was very disjointed that night. That's an unusual experience. So, I mean, I've, like I said, I've probably eaten there half a dozen times. And have never had anything other than impeccably good service. The last waiter that we had when I was out there in November, he was a little over the top. Um, he was a little too affected, if you know what I mean. And I just... He also strange. wants to know which one of the foreign Disney worlds, foreign to us, yes. I should say, they're just not in the United States, which one of those we'd like to go see. And I refuse to answer him. Iceland World 5. Yes, we're all, we're all sitting here sneering because you've been to all of them. I think that's a dream of everybody. I'm going to tell you, mine would be Paris. Mine would be Hong Kong. Oh, mine would be, is that Tokyo? No. Oh, mine would be Tokyo. Mine's Paris. Tokyo. I'm dying. I would die to go to Tokyo. I'm dying to go to Japan anyway. The only so. reason why Tokyo appeals to me is because I understand Tokyo Disney Sea is beyond words. Yeah, that's what that's, I've heard. They say that's the best Disney theme park out of all. Of we them. actually have a girlfriend who has been to Tokyo Disney, and she had a phenomenal time. She could not stop talking about it. We wow. saw photos and everything. Yes, but the one in Paris is near Paris. Yeah, that's why I want to see Paris, just because it's I do want to see that one, but it's not at the top of my list. Well, that's my answer. That's, I think so. It sounds like it's Tokyo. We, the okay, the round we, table is more. Did more. we answer whether or not we're sending Kevin to California? <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I can be packed in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, we have to send Kevin to California and, to review Naparos. No, I'm sure. You know, I don't think it's 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 out of the question for you two to go out and do a long weekend out in L.A. It's not out of the question at all. Yeah. So all right, maybe, we're on our way. Maybe I'm we gonna will. pack myself on your suitcase. Maybe we will. <laughs> I'll be the driver. We, appre- <laughs> we appreciate it, Jeff. And uh, the next time you're uh, you're getting ready to go see all five castles, uh, adopt me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. Our next email is from Kevin. And he wants to know about some about a video project he wants us to do. Hello, Pete, Julie, Corey, John, Kevin, Bob. I'd like to thank you guys for everything that you do, all the service that you provide. I've been listening for a long time. Uh, my name's Kevin. I'm KW Soccer Kid on the boards, and. I I love the video of uh, the court cam and the video questions that you did last year. Um, I was thinking for a show about doing a video of the roundtable. Um, is it? You now these guys get a lot of laughs and everything, and I'd love to be a fly on the wall once in a while. See, you know, an expression on your face. And, Stuff like that. Um, thanks for everything again. Bye. Okay, Kevin. Unless you're willing to pay for hair and makeup, the answer is no. <laughs> no I think I think it has its shot. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about it. We've talked about uh, doing something video-wise. I I just here's the thing: is that video in particular is really time-consuming. It's a very very time-consuming thing, and you know, 
my job is not the kind of job where I have like all day just to do that. <laughs> and the show takes up a, a, a lot of time. So it is, it is difficult to try and work everything we need to do with the show into a schedule. Doing something like you know recording video for the roundtable would really require. This, I have to do the same editing on the video that I do on the on the audio, which kind of doubles that, which is already a pretty long process as it is. So, is it out of the question? No. Is it likely? Not anytime soon. <laughs> I also have another reason for doing for not wanting to do this, besides being not liking having my picture taken. I also don't want people recognizing me walking into Disney restaurants. No, that's all right. We'll digitize like uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> into no, your it'll seat. be like on Cops. They won't be able to see your face. You can make me look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> I can just digitize. Do, we'll digitize Brad Pitt into your. Uh... Okay. Well, then I'll I thought jo- I thought John was Brad Pitt. <laughs> Kevin is that other actor. Is Angelina? What was his name? <laughs> Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to hear what Julie has to say. This decides whether she is able to have children or not. <laughs> I can't remember the actor's name, but someone Come sent up with it something in. good. I don't know. Okay. David Limer or something? David Pamer. That's what it was. That's okay. not good. <laughs> you are dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe me, when I went to the photo, Kevin, I went, this looks nothing like Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no. David Pamer looks... Yeah. It's a short, balding Jewish man. Yes, he looks nothing like Kevin. Kevin does not look like that. You know, people try to picture what we look like, though, from our yeah, voices. We can do fly cam. Yeah, and if you fly want me to come back and cam. be honest, you better not let them notice me walking into the Disney restaurant. I can't come back and tell you that we were waited on by female impersonators if you're going to put my picture everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> And I have it on a dot board in the back room of exactly. every restaurant. I don't Thank want you for sp- wanting to see us. Yeah, that, I, 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 I do appreciate the, the question. And I, in all seriousness, you know, I have thought about it. I really have. And, uh, I, and like I said, it's not out of the question. I mean, nothing's nothing's impossible. But um, it's just really a question of, of of being able to, you know, make the time commitment. And that's, that's the problem. So um, I appreciate the question, Kevin. Thank you very much. And we'll move on to our next uh, voicemail from Kathleen, who has some questions about uh, handicapped accessibility uh, in and around the uh, theme parks. Hi, Pete. This is Kathleen Grinnell, and I'm calling from right outside Boston, Massachusetts. And my question is, actually, first I'm calling because I know that you are a little disappointed people haven't been calling and leaving voicemails. So I thought this would be, a, I think, a, a pretty interesting one. Um, my husband and I are visiting um, Walt Disney for the first time this year during a busy time. It's going to be Thanksgiving. And we're also going to be visiting with my father-in-law. He, we're taking him as well, who is handicapped. He uses a wheelchair as well as a walker. Um, very mobile but does need assistance. And I was wondering if you could offer any advice as far as what rides or attractions are easy to manipulate with the um, handicap, uh, you know, accessibility. Um, that's about it. The shows are terrific. We enjoy it every weekend with our coffee and tea. So keep it up. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Kathleen, I think you're going to find that Walt Disney World is probably one of the most handicapped-friendly places you're going to find any time you travel. They really go out of their way to make everything handicapped accessible. You'll find that most of the shows that you would want to see are handicapped accessible. Off the top of my head, sitting here thinking about it, I can't think of one that's not. You are going to find certain rides are not handicapped accessible, things like Space Mountain. Now, they will stop Space Mountain. They will... They're very good about loading you into it, but that's not uh, something that someone in a wheelchair can ride in the wheelchair. 
that's something that they would have to transfer out of, meaning that they would have to be mobile enough to get out of the wheelchair and into the ride vehicle. And something like Space Mountain would require them not only to get into the vehicle, you have to get down down into the vehicle. Yeah, to step yeah. down. Right. And getting out is even harder. And they harder. should be reading the warning signs whether they're capable of being able to handle it physically. Right. Uh, some of these roller coaster rides. Well, I'm just talking about the handicapped accessibility of it. Um, Things like uh, the teacups. That's another example of something that you would have to transfer into the ride vehicle. I can tell you, we talked about it in the last show, that for the first time ever, the Haunted Mansion, when it opens up after its rehab, is going to be wheelchair accessible. It's always been handicapped accessible, meaning that you could access the Haunted Mansion through a special entrance. They would stop the doom buggies while you loaded, and then you would be able to ride. Now, for the first time, you're actually going to be able to take your wheelchair into one of the clamshells or the doom buggies and ride the ride in your wheelchair. So your answer is you're going to find most everything handicapped accessible. It's going to depend on whether your father-in-law can transfer out of that. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead and tell you that uh, Disney World is one of the few places that I've seen that has what they call family restrooms. Family restrooms are uh, restrooms that are large enough that if a family member has to accompany the person in the wheelchair into the restroom, it makes it much easier. It's it's a, a much more private environment. It's usually just for one person at a time. And I know that I travel with someone in a wheelchair who a lot of times needs assistance, and that allows me she it's a female in the wheelchair, so that allows me to uh assist someone in a in the restroom without going into the women's restroom right so uh, they really go out of their way um, almost every park had not almost every park every park also has a first aid station and inside the first aid first aid station there is a completely handicapped accessible restroom so that's something to keep in mind also and they're very very good about letting you use it i think we've used one in every park so she might also want to think about uh renting one of the ecv vehicles uh to get around rather than, I don't know if he, he does the wheelchair. Right. I know. I didn't he say EVC. Right. I didn't say EVC. I know. Well, that's electric volley cot. <laughs> Keep in mind that almost none of the rides are accessible. Well, I, from- I understand that, but she mentioned, the reason I mentioned it is she mentioned that he gets around in a walker also, so he, he is able to stand up and, and move around. I'm just, for other people, I'm saying, uh, they might want to rent one of those instead of if he wheels the wheelchair around himself that by the end of the day he's going to be pretty tired. Make sure you pick up a park map. It's going to show you all the handicapped accessible bathrooms. It's going to give you hints on places to go and things like that. I just want to make my point one more time that almost none of the rides are going to um, accommodate a vehicle, an electric Right, I understand that. Okay. but if you want him to, if he has to stay in a conveyance, it has to be a wheelchair. Right. Okay. Well, I uh, hope that answers your your question, Kathleen. Thank you very much for, for calling in. Enjoy your tea. Yep. <laughs> and coffee. And we'll move on to our next e- uh, voicemail from Randy, who has some questions for Bob about his thoughts on the Hoopty Doo Review. Hello, this is Randy Whitman from Nashville, Tennessee. My question is for Bob. A couple times recently, you have mentioned visiting the Hoop to Do Review with your grandchildren. My family and I have Tier 1 seats, 
for September 10th. I've never been before to the Hoop You Do Review. I have three questions. Is it worth the extra money to have Tier 1 seats? Also, I read on some of the boards that the humor included too much bathroom humor. In your opinion, is it too much for my two- and three-and-a-half-year-old daughters? One more question. My youngest daughter will be turning two on the 12th. Should I mention that to someone there? Thanks. I look forward to hearing your answer on the air. Hi, Randy. Uh, I think the tier one was worth it for us. Uh, it put us on the floor uh, right in front of the stage off to the left uh, was where our table was. And uh, I, I liked sitting there. Uh, tier three was up in the balcony. Uh, we had friends that went to the same show, and they had Tier 3, so they were sitting at the railing at the balcony. Uh, so I, I do think you sh- it's worth it. Uh, bathroom humor, um, the jokes and things, I think that's what you're meaning as bathroom humor. I didn't hear any things about... Was inappropriate or no? I mean, it was all family. There would be there. There would not be any off-color humor at any Disney show. I just mean, they, plain and they may have had a, a few jokes that the kids would have no idea what it was about anyway. But I didn't have anything that I thought was, geez, that's not right for a two-year-old. Because Bob was in the bathroom. <laughs> I didn't know. But anyway, uh, I, I didn't find anything inappropriate i thought it was a great show uh if your your two-year-old is turning two that day they acknowledge uh people at the show they actually ask if if there's any birthdays or anything and then they they do a whole thing for the, the birthdays and the anniversaries and you know things like that so you can let the uh server know at the beginning or uh mention it uh you're already booked, but mention it at the the front thing. When you check in, yeah. Right. So one, I just have to mention one thing. We were fortunate, and uh, Mason got picked to go up on stage as one of the, the audience participation people, the two-year-old. Originally, they had picked Mason, uh, Gavin, who's five, and he kind of froze on us, and... But Mason, they said, "Well, we'll give him a try," and he stole the, he, you know, he stole the show. He, he really did. It up for him. Oh, he was unbelievable. Uh, they they gave him a little certificate at the end. Oh, and, that's cute. Uh, I sh- I actually shot some video and proclaiming him a hoopty doer. Hoopty do uh, <laughs> cast member. Uh, oh, okay. So and when they presented it to him, he he gave the the person doing it this big wide eyed thing like Aww. oh my god i this is for me and i tell you they had a great time at the how, show. Was, how was the food the food was good except for the mashed potatoes and it seems like disney doesn't do mashed potatoes good anymore uh i found the mashed potatoes were watery but the the chicken and the ribs uh there was plenty of it they kept bringing it and they had uh we had sangria but they also had pitches of beer uh and they brought out a big picture of sangria, and it's like Diana and I were okay. Let's walk around a little bit before we go anywhere else. <laughs> Can I add a couple of things? First of all, Randy, you got to make sure that you leave enough time to get to the hoop to do review. You cannot park and walk in. 
You have to park. Yeah, that's a very, then, very important right, point. Right. You really have to be there when they tell you to be there, and you have to leave enough time because you have to park in the parking lot at Fort Wilderness and take another form of transportation. There's a bus that takes you back to Pioneer Hall. The other thing is if you're going to be in Disney World when your child turns two, make sure you go to a guest services location and get a birthday button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your kid wears the birthday button, every cast member will say happy birthday. They just... They will make a big fuss about her birthday everywhere she goes. And if it's her first time, she'll get two buttons. That's right. And one more thing. Uh, when they come out, there's they can also go on a, a like a hayride that's outside. It's like $7. Uh, if you go to the 5 o'clock show, when you come out, it's like 7 or 7.15. They do that hayride, and they do it again like at 9 or something. But... Uh, those are cool things that you can take the kids on and, and get them to do. But I don't want to pick on you, Bob, but they do live in Tennessee. They may have been on a hayride before. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, be I'm just, <laughs> yeah, they're from Nashville, though. That's the city. I tell you, the, the kids, anything with the, the animals, they, they loved it. And uh, I'm just throwing out options there. Uh, make sure, Yeah, make sure you get there early because they also put you through they, at the paces of standing you in a line so they can take a picture of the family in front of a stage uh, thing, and then they come in and try to sell you the pictures. I was just going to say, they're squeezing money out of you left yeah, and right. It's like $20. I think it's $20 yeah. for... You, you've uh, paid uh, to get into the show. Now you got to take a picture. Photo, and then you got to go to a hayride. Yeah, but they bring them around. And so, but the show is, is good. The, the food was good, like I said, except for the potatoes. And they kept bringing food to us. And I, I had nothing but good... Experience there. Everybody was having fun in the whole hall. Couple of things. That's the longest running dinner theater anywhere in the United States. The longest running continuous, the longest continuous running dinner theater. It holds a record. It's a Guinness record holder. Wow. Yeah. And one of the uh, people that was one of the famous people that have come out of it is Megan Mullally from Will and Grace. Really? She yeah. used to be in it. She used to she, be in it with that funny laugh she did. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, back in the eighties, I believe. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. How cool is Interesting. that? You're just a font of useless you're information, really, aren't really. I am. You're I can't really. remember where I parked the car, but I know that crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Randy. We appreciate uh, your calling in. And we'll move on to our next email, uh, voicemail. This one really tickled me. Carolyn and Olivia uh, have some questions <laughs> about uh, Disney and their age restrictions for some backstage tours. D-I-S-U-N-D-L-U-G-D-E-D. We have a question for you. Hey, guys. This is Carolyn, and I'm 17. I'm her sister, Olivia, and I'm 15. We'll be coming to Disney in September. We have a question for you. How does Disney enforce age restrictions? The reason we ask is because I am one month short of 16, the age required to do guided tours. I went on two backstage tours last year, the Undiscovered Future World and Hidden Treasures of World Showcase, and I loved them. Olivia would love to do them, too. When I went, they didn't ask to see any ID proving my age. And I look older than her. Do you think I should register as 16 and take my chances? On the same subject, how does Disney determine if a kid gets a child's ticket or if a kid is three and needs to pay for his meal? We love you guys in the podcast. Thanks for your insight. Well, you know, this is one of those those touchy things. You know, you, you really... We don't want to... Wait, we should all do this in unison and sing it. 
<laughs> they were very cute. Yeah. That was. That was. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I thought we should all say hello. It's very creative. Hello. <laughs> we don't want to encourage anybody um, to circumvent Disney's Disney's rules, um, but I think this kind of falls into a, a, a different category because. Um, unlike you know the age restrictions on alcohol, the age restrictions on getting into a club, the age restriction here is more about uh, not ruining the magic for younger kids. So if you're aware of the fact that you're going to be backstage and will see things that you would not normally see on stage, then you know I don't see a problem with it. I don't think Disney does actually check for IDs with that because again, it's not like you're trying to purchase a controlled substance or anything so i have to say on our segway tour there was a younger girl and she could have been anywhere between 15 and 17 yeah it's true they didn't id any of us Mm-mm. yeah I, again because it's not because there is a legal restriction somewhere that requires you to be that age to do the tour this is done to protect mm-hmm. families from thinking that they can bring their younger kids with them and they don't want them on those tours so really and truly i don't think you're going to have a problem and i don't see you know, I think they also don't want younger kids who might disrupt the tour. Some of these tours are yeah. longer than others, and right. having an antsy eight-year-old could ruin, ruin a tour it. that was expensive yeah, yeah. for they someone have to be else. able to uh, behave and, right. and stuff like that. And they should be interested in whatever the tour is. Right. I think so, that's another consideration. Yeah, don't sweat it. Go ahead. Yeah, I would well, say Disney police. <laughs> no, no, really. Like I said, no. you know, it's not like we're encouraging somebody oh, to go buy liquor. Right. You know, I think uh, you know, we can. You know, common sense should be applied to these things. People that think that you can only look at everything one way, and I mean, each situation is different. This girl obviously knows what it is she wants to go experience. She knows what she's going to go see. There's not going to be destruction of magic, quote unquote, right. her of her experience. Did, so you know did what? The tour before exactly. So. Go ahead and sign up for it. And she's so close to that age anyway. It's not like she's twelve or nine. Exactly. Trying, trying right. to sneak in. Yeah. Know? So. Again, you know, because like, you know, the one month thing would matter if this was a legal restriction, but it's not. It's a it's Disney just protecting younger people. So we do appreciate you guys uh, singing. singing for us and, and uh, being so creative in uh, sending a voicemail. That was that all put a, put a smile on all our faces here. So we really appreciate that. And finally, we are going our final voicemail for this week. Uh, Ashley from California wants to know what we think about the best uh, best value for our money at Disney which resort which Disney resort we think gives the best value for our money so here's Ashley in California Hey guys and Julie of course my name is Ashley and I'm from California I've been listening to your podcast for about 9 months now and want to thank you because I know many people including myself enjoy it very much I especially am thankful for your podcast because since I am a high school student Disney isn't what you would really consider an end thing at this age, and it's hard for me to express my love for Disney with other people outside of my family. So whenever I'm listening to your podcast, I do feel like I'm with my Disney family, which I think is really nice. So my question is, my family and I are planning a trip to Disney World in the next year or so, and I was wondering your opinion on what Disney World on Property Resort gives you the best value, atmosphere, service, etc. for your money. When I ask this, you don't have to stick to a certain category, such as value or moderate or deluxe. Just overall of all the Disney World resorts, what gives you the best value for your money? I hope to hear from you all soon. And I just wanted to add that 
I think I feel really good about myself since I did hear on the podcast that you don't get a lot of these voice questions and feedback. So I feel pretty brave that I did this. And it took me about 10 times to actually get this to what I want it to be. So I feel pretty proud. I just wanted to mention that. So I hope to hear from you all soon. Bye. Ashley, that's why we say hello to Anthony all the time. Anthony was a young man who told us that his friends, his peers didn't understand his love of Disney. And as we told Anthony, we all understand and we think it's pretty cool. So just understand that there are people out there who share your same addiction. Wait till you get to college. You'll meet more people like you. Right. <laughs> and just celebrate your individuality. Yeah. Be who you are. Exactly. So um, what do you think, uh, what would you say your best value hotel is for you? Um, no. I think if, if I'm going to answer her question the way she asked, I think the Animal Kingdom Lodge... I think there's great theming. I think there's a great restaurant. I think the animals are in the backyard. So I think as far as best value, you get a lot of bang for your buck right there. That's not my favorite resort. My favorite resort is the Wilderness Lodge, but that's a personal taste. If I'm talking about what the best value is, they also have a good food court. They have the Mara, which right. is kind of cool. But they have Jico and Boma downstairs. And as I say, the animals are in the back. So my opinion of best value as far as getting the bang for your buck is Animal Kingdom Lodge. And also, you're, the, the, historically speaking anyway, uh, good discounts have been available more often, I think, at the Animal Kingdom Lodge than at some of the other Disney, Disney resorts. So in terms of value for money and what you get in terms of theming, and as Kevin said, you know, the options with food and everything else, yeah, I agree with you. I would have to say from that, strictly from that standpoint, I would probably agree that Animal Kingdom Lodge would be my vote. Just a caveat, for the next couple of months, because they're building the Animal Kingdom villas, they've been moving people out of Animal Kingdom Lodge, so you might have trouble getting a reservation if you're coming in the, the next couple of months coming up, the, like September, October, November. But after that, I think things will be okay again. Be back to normal, yep. Hmm. So how about anybody else? Does anybody disagree? Anybody think? I, I think... For value, I, I like the beach club, and because of the pool, it's the best pool on property. Yeah, but I, I, I can't get the other, past that price tag. Well, the other thing I like about it is the location. You're close to Epcot, people that in your party that want to go over there and you know do Epcot, and if they get tired or, like me, go back and take a nap, they can do that. The other thing is they can go to MGM. It's close. You can get on the boat, and, and that's there. Plus, you get the boardwalk and all the restaurants and everything that are on the boardwalk. Location, location, location. If it's, her family is an Epcot family, then I would agree. Epcot right. Resort would be the way to go. But I say if your family is more of a Magic Kingdom family, which you know most of your Disney fans, Magic Kingdom normally is one of your more favorite parks. I like the Polynesian. Yeah. You have access to the monorail. You have a beach there. You have access to a marina there. So that's more activities for you. The theming, of course, is... You know, Polynesian, and it is a little bit older, but it's still a really fun place. I I feel when I go there. And there's a good restaurant there too. There's yeah. the Kona Cafe. Exactly. Well, I, I, if well, if we're going to talk about let's just say value for price paid, um, in my opinion, the best value on property is the Swan Dolphin. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Because their prices are routinely, you know, you see one fifty nine, one sixty nine, one seventy nine a night there. Yeah. Um, and this is right next to hotels, the, be the beach club, the yacht club, and the boardwalk that are charging $400 a yeah. night for their standard rooms. So from a value for dollars spent, 
um, I really don't think you can beat the Swan and Dolphin. That's true. Um, then you have access have to pool. all the other great restaurants of those more expensive exactly. resorts. Exactly. You're still, you're still in the Epcot area. You're still walking distance to both Epcot and MGM. You have the extra magic hours. That you get the extra magic hours in the theme parks. Yeah. And, you know, and not for nothing, those hotels are gorgeous. And those beds, Disney, oh, the, 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 the beds at the Swan and Dolphin are far more comfortable than any bed Disney has on property. Mm-hmm. They're you more know. comfortable than my bed. Exactly. Diana wants and my to bed's buy pretty comfortable. So, I mean, those yeah. heavenly beds are really phenomenal. Yeah. So, you just, you know, there are lots of options. It, value is, is really very subjective. It, it's mm-hmm. all about what's important to you. And if, you know, if location is important, if location to Epcot is important, if location to the Magic Kingdom is important, if it's value for dollars. Or if um, you're looking for it to spend a lot of time at the resort. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if, you, if, if the resort is in some place you plan to spend a lot of time, then your best value is going to be. I would say all-star movies among the value resorts, mm-hmm. right. um, all-star movies, and uh, Port Orleans Riverside among the moderates. Yeah. Um, I think if you're really going for your value and you're not a DVC member, you should rent DVC points. You can rent DVC points at one of the DVC resorts resorts like Boardwalk Villas or Beach Club Villas. You can wind up paying like $150 a night if you yeah, get that's $10 a, good point. a point. That's a good point. And you can take advantage of those location yeah. and amenities. But you know that's you know is a little extra work involved, and then you get the you get you can actually cook in the the room and take and save some money that way. Couldn't we go around this table and come up with a reason to stay at almost any resort? Yeah, pretty that? much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could come up with reasons not to stay at a few. Right, but you know what I'm um, saying. We could really know, we could start with the contemporary if you like. We could come up with a, <laughs> we could come up with an argument for almost any resort. And just for those who haven't listened in a while, I'm of the mindset that you know. Uh, the contemporary should be burned to the ground and rebuilt. So maybe what you should do is poll your family, <laughs> see what everybody is interested That's in, hurt. pools or shopping or <laughs> <laughs> oh. and things like that, <laughs> in order to make like a, a decision where everybody would be happy, in my opinion. Was this your way of aborting a rant? <laughs> no, I was just saying. <laughs> Have you been to the contemporary since they redid the lobby? Oh, insert no. rant here. I've got to tell you, it's the funniest thing. It looks completely... Exactly the same as it did before. <laughs> they redid the lobby, and you walk. We walked in and said, "What did they do?" We stood in front of all this. You know how they they shield things when they're redoing it. Well, we we stood in front of all this shielding one day, and the man, the general manager, stood there telling us about all the great things that were going to happen. Well, they took the shielding down. And they painted the wall. <laughs> the exact same color it was before. The furniture, the, I think the furniture was reupholstered with the exact same upholstery as before. It's the funniest thing. Well, you know, my really and truly, the problem with the contemporary, in my opinion, and I'm not going to rant about it, but the problem with the contemporary, in my opinion, is that because its location is so close to the Magic Kingdom, it does rest on its laurels. I think its management is lazy, and I think, it's, I think that's evident in a number of different areas throughout the hotel, at least, that I experienced uh, last year. Um, is it possible I had a, a bad group? Yeah, but I don't think so. This looks systemic to me. And this has been a problem with them before. It's not the first time you know I've heard any complaints about the contemporary. But I, um, it would be a cold day in hell before I stayed there again. I would never give them my, my money again. I, was so, I felt so ripped off. It was the most – that was the only time I ever really walked away from a Disney experience saying – not only did I not get my money's worth, I was ripped off. Have you been to Whispering Canyon? <laughs> well, I'm sure was, uh, there was no part of Whispering Canyon that was $500 a night. Oh, that's true. Okay. And so after two nights and not having plumbing that worked, not having a telephone that worked, having concierge with attitude, 
um, in a room that had just been rehabbed two months before and not being able to get anything done and being treated like, how dare you ask us to do anything at all for you, all while serving us microwave frozen hors d'oeuvres that they picked up, I, I'm pretty sure, from Publix. And that was, their, that was their concierge spread. I was like, you really have some nerve. And that just shows, you know, we don't care. We're just going to do whatever we feel like it. We're the contemporary. We're right here by the, by the Magic Kingdom. You'll pay it. And sadly enough, people do. So, but never me again. Never me again. And I use any opportunity I can find to let anybody I know say that I would not stay there if I were you. I said I wasn't going to rant, and there I ranted. <laughs> I was just going to say, did anybody else hear the rant? <laughs> I, All right, and I with that, and with that, we are going to have to end this our first voicemail show. Hi, Anthony. And we really appreciate everyone uh, calling in. Please keep sending in your emails and voicemails. Podcast at wwinfo.com is our email address, and one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two is our toll free feedback line. And from all of us here, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable.